Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode is a special request from my newly turned 16-year-old, Carissa. Carissa Cat, happy birthday. And since we're still doing cold case files, Carissa wanted me to do the Black Dahlia. Now, I don't know anything about the Black Dahlia other than that weird movie that they made that I had no clue at all what the point of the movie was. So since, again, we are doing cold case files, apparently the Black Dahlia is a cold case. It was never solved. So without, without any more hesitation, without any delay, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Today's episode 70 is the Black Dahlia. Now, who was the Black Dahlia? A lot of people don't know much about the Black Dahlia. I mean, so for those of you who, who follow the Black Dahlia closely, hey, my hats are off to you. But for me, I had no idea who the hell the Black Dahlia was. So Black Dahlia, who her real, her real name is or was Elizabeth Short. She was born July 29th, 1924 in the Hyde Park section of Boston, Massachusetts, the third of five daughters of Cleo and Phoebe May Short. Around 1927, the Short family relocated to Portland, Maine before settling in Medford, Massachusetts. So, I mean, we don't really know much. It's just that she she was born in the 19, 1924. That was a long time ago. And uh, she's, a, she's a Bostonian. Fucking Boston. So, this is where, in, in the Medford, Massachusetts, this is where Short was raised and spent most of her life. Short's father built miniature golf courses until the 1929 stock market crash when he lost most of his savings and the family became broke. In 1930, her father's car was found abandoned on the Charleston Bridge, and it was assumed that he had committed suicide by jumping into the Charles River. Believing her husband to be deceased, Short's mother moved with her five daughters into a small apartment in Medford and worked as a bookkeeper to support them. Okay, now, I, I know when, whenever, whenever some, a family loses a, their source of income, it's it's uh it's devastating for the individual who loses their job. You know, whoever the mom, dad, it doesn't matter. Whoever loses their job, and they feel insignificant to where they 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 feel like they can't support their family, and that you know that's really hard on on everybody, family, the individual. It, it's not it's not a good feeling to go through. But goddamn, for you just to abandon your family and just to commit suicide again. Remember how? But this goes for serial killers, not not for really for victims, but. Uh, from from here, I mean, you you have a, a dead broke family. The mom has to do what she can to to lift the family up on her, on her shoulders and head out and keep the and keep things going. That's rough. That and then I mean, bookkeeper is a good job, but for women back in the in whatever time that was in the 1930s, I mean, yeah, from around there. So I mean, the the was it uh, short was born in 1929, and her father's car in, was uh, was assumed or found on the bridge, and then for her to take her kids and and just go off and try to start a whole new life, that that that, that that's rough. That is that is some tough shit. You know, and my hats off to to the mom for for not giving up either. Troubled by bronchitis and severe asthma attack, Short underwent lung surgery at age fifteen. After which, doctors suggested she relocated to a milder milder climate during winter months to prevent further respiratory problems. Short's mother then sent her to spend winters in Miami, Florida with family friends. Now, that's a badass place to go spend a winter is Miami, Florida. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, Miami, oh, I, I, except for the summertime, Miami is 
probably or Florida period is probably one of the best locations to to uh, have a winter vacations and and spend their winter months in. I mean, from my understanding, Florida doesn't even get above or below sixty <laughs> during winter. So, yeah, that that's a that's an ideal place for for her to go, especially if you have uh, after just going and having lung surgery. What amazes what amazes me is that for for this gal to have for sure to have lung surgery at age 15 and had survived that that's a big thing back in the early 1900s uh, that's but i mean at least she uh at least she she's still alive during the next three years short lived in florida during the winter months and spent the rest of the year in medford with her mother and sister in her sophomore year short dropped out of medford high school why drop out of school Dropping out of school is not a good deal. Now, well, back then you didn't really need a high school education to continue work, but nowadays, nowadays it seems like you, if you don't have schooling, then you don't get a job, and that's that's crazy. Because I, I mean, I tell my kids now, when when I got out of high school in 1999, I didn't need a high school diploma showing that that, uh, or I didn't need a high school diploma to work. So it was easy for me to get a job until all of a sudden everyone is requiring high school diplomas. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's all bad. So let's continue. In late 1942, Short's mother received a letter of apology from her presumed deceased husband, which revealed that he was in fact alive and has started a new life in California. What in the actual heck? You're telling me this boy straight dipped out of his normal family to go start another family because he failed with his first family. And then after, what, in 1942, so this was uh, 12 years later, it seems like, or around there, He's going to send a letter of apology say, yo, my bad, but I'm alive. What the hell? How, how angry would the mom have been? I, oh man, I, I guarantee you a lot of people would have, been, would have been royally pissed off receiving a letter from their presumed dead husband after all these years. Like You, you made me suffer and fight and claw my way in, uh, from into poverty and out of poverty and just stay afloat just so you can go start a new family. Yeah, that sounds like a little baby bag bitch to me. Jesus, Christmas trees in June. In December at age 18, Short relocated to Vallejo to live with her father, whom she had not seen since she was six years old. At the time, he was working at the nearby Mare Island Naval Shipyard on San Francisco Bay. So uh, in December at age 18, why would you? I don't know. If, I mean, I, I guess that's one of those things to where that's your father and you're going to... You want to, I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't have one. I would have been like, yo, you're going to abandon us like that, man. You can, you can go, yeah, you can just, uh, you can just, uh, fly a kite or <laughs> whatever the, 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 the edited version of cussing is right now. <laughs> Arguments between Short and her father led to her moving out in January, 1943. Shortly after she took a job at the base exchange at Camp Cook which is now Vanderburg Air Force Base near Lompoc, living with several friends and briefly with an Army Air Force sergeant who he reportedly abused her. See, that's a problem right now. Not or now, but th that's just a problem, period, is that everybody wants to take advantage of somebody and just abuse people. Man, like, why, why can't just people be just normal and, and stop taking advantage and, and abusing people? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I actually got into a conversation not too long ago with an older cat when I meet older cat, this this guy was about seventy years old. This was a couple years ago, and he told me how how the world is a, is a shitty place now, and how 
everything should be the way it was back back in the old days you know and reading a bunch of the cold case files and a lot of the things that that occurred back in the quote old days that you know there was a lot of fucked up things that happened in those times but just the the presence and and the and the information wasn't readily available but so a lot of things were were kept under wraps however you have brutal murders that occurred back in the 60s or back in the in the old days i mean we're reading about one right now and it it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it, as long as there's as long as there's mankind, as long as there's humanity, as long as there are people on this earth, violent crimes are always going to happen. Just for the fact that we are not programmed exactly the same way. Everybody has their own style and their own way of being being brought up and their own way of thinking. It it doesn't mean that the that the world now is is worse than what it was back in the day i mean we have plenty of rights now that we didn't have back back in the early days however for people to be abused it it, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me I, I really don't understand it's like why if you're that so full of yourself then go put on some boxing gloves and go into a ring and, and test your shit that way don't don't abuse people who who are smaller and milder and and you are less are, are in in the abuser's eyes less of a person than you are Short left Lompoc in mid-1943 and moved to Santa Barbara, where she was arrested on September 23, 1943, for underage drinking at a local bar. The juvenile authority sent her back to Medford, but she returned instead to Florida, making only occasional visits to Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I have nothing against Massachusetts or Boston. I've never been there. However, I know that it's in the northeast corner, and it's goddamn cold up there, so I, I wouldn't have gone back to Massachusetts either. I would have headed down south. <laughs> While in Florida, Short met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., a decorated Army Air Force officer at the 2nd Air Commando Group. He was training for deployment to the China-Burma-India Theater of Operations of World War II. Short told friends that Gordon had written to propose marriage while he was recovering from injuries from a plane crash in India. She accepted his offer, but Gordon died in a second crash on August 10, 1945, less than a week before the surrender of Japan ended the war. How crazy is that? You finally find someone that you actually love, someone that that treats you with respect, dignity, and has a career and, and possibly stable enough to support you and possibly a family. They write you a letter saying, yo, you want to get married? You write back saying, yo, that sounds like a great idea. And then he dies. So not only do you have to deal with, with the abandonment issues of your father, I mean, because... It, 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 in my opinion, it's a lot easier to cope with something when you know that the father had passed away. It's like, boom, he's dead. Okay, let me start the closure. Let me start trying to figure out how to move on with my life. But then when you find out that the that the dirtbag was alive the entire time and you just realize that he abandoned you for uh, however, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, that, that that's real difficult. You, you have those abandonment issues. Like, damn, why didn't he love me? Was I not good enough of a, of a daughter for... For my own dad to love me and then you finally find you finally find someone who who loves and respects you and then he dies <laughs> I mean, i'm not laughing that's not funny damn that was a so that was just the wrong cue to laugh <laughs> i'm not laughing at that part that part is jacked up so we're we're seeing that 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 short has has had a difficult life so far she can't really find where she fits in she can't get in where she fits in you know what i mean and that's always rough. Even back in the day, even now, it's just rough for individuals to, to try to find who they are and get 
get to enjoy life as they would if they knew who they were. You know what I mean? And and it, it's 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 really bad for for people to to go through shit like that. It's just it's just not good. She relocated to Los Angeles in 1946 to visit Army Air Force Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling, whom she had known from Florida. Fickling was stationed at the National at the Naval Reserve Air Base in Long Beach. Short spent the last six months of her life in, life in Southern California, mostly in the Los Angeles area. Shortly before her death, she had been working as a, waitre, a waitress and rented a room behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard. Short has been variously described and depicted as an aspiring or would-be actress. According to some sources, she did, in fact, have aspirations to be a film star, though she had no known acting jobs or credit. That's one of the big things in when, when people move to L.A. Other than, so when, when I don't know how it is. I don't know if it's still that way, but back in the, in the old days and when I was growing up, People would relocate out to California to become a movie star because, I mean, that's where Hollywood is. People are going to make it. This is where the music industry is booming. I am going to relocate to Hollywood, and I'm going to be a movie star. That's that's my life. That's it. That's it. Boom. Put a wrap on it. Put a seal on it. That's what I'm going to do. So when a lot of people from around the United States would come out to California, I mean, California had a boom for several years, and I'm pretty sure it still does. Number one, the weather. The weather in Southern California, not so much Central or Northern California, I'm from like where I grew up is at was where I grew up at is in Bakersfield, California, which is right on the border crest line of of Southern California. So I didn't really get to enjoy the, the wonderful weather of, of of Southern California. Instead, I had to deal with average temps of a hundred to hundred fifteen during the summer, and it was hot. So. I, when people relocated out to to Southern California, you had all the oceans, and everything, and the weather in Hollywood. People people wanted to become movie stars and and blow up in Hollywood. And I'm rambling, so let's get back to the to the thing. So, how did she die? Obviously, this if this wasn't a cold case, she wouldn't. If she was alive, we wouldn't be doing this cold case right now. So, unfortunately, she died. But how did she die? Nobody knows how she died, or nobody knows how she got killed. People know how she dies, but nobody know who. Who, who did it? So on January 9th, 1947, Short returned to her home in Los Angeles after a brief trip to San Diego with Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old married salesman she had been dating. Oh, that's all bad. You can't date someone and <laughs> who's married. That just doesn't work unless unless you have that that relationship set up to where you're able to date and have fun while you're still married. And hey, by all means, go right ahead. Manley st- Stated that he dropped short off at the at the Biltmore Hotel located at 506 South Grand Avenue in downtown Los Angeles, and that Short was to meet her sister, who was visiting from Boston that afternoon. By some accounts, staff of the Biltmore recalled having seen Short using the the lobby telephone shortly after she was allegedly seen by patrons of the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, approximately 0.4 miles or for everyone out of the United States, 0.64 kilometers away from the Biltmore Hotel. So that was the last time that the, the last individual that had seen them was this guy, uh, Manley, or Robert Red Manley, was the last person who actually spent time with with uh, the Black Dahlia. And after after he dropped her off at the at the hotel, nobody ever saw her again. Yeah. What, 
one of the strange phenomenons that that I've been reading about a lot lately was that when when someone has frequented an establishment, people who are so used to seeing that individual automatically think they recall seeing that individual on the night of their murder, the day before the murder, or you know whatever whatever time that uh, of of day that it is. But in reality, they never saw him right before the murder. So it, it it's it's a weird phenomenon. It, it's I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it more in a little bit. On the morning of January 15th, 1947, Short's naked body was found severed into two pieces on a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue. Severed in two pieces on a vacant lot. Jesus Christmas. Of South Norton Avenue, midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street in Lemert Park, Los Angeles. How much time and what the hell did they use to where they were able to cut this woman in half? Yes, severed. She was severed in two pieces, two pieces, apparently cut at the waist. And she was left on the street, on a vacant street in Los Angeles. What, how much time and what, I mean, the, the who, what, when, where, why, and how are the best questions to ask whenever, when, when something like this has happened, but God damn it. At the time, the neighborhood was largely undeveloped. Local resident Betty Bersinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m. while walking with the three-year-old daughter. Dang, could you imagine walking upon, just coming up on a severed body when you're on a stroll with your three-year-old daughter? Oh, my God. How, what, oh. And it's not even traumatizing to the adult. It's traumatizing to the child as well to walk up and see the... Uh, the uh the just just a uh a two of a body just 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 laying separated it's difficult for for anyone to try to register that let alone find a little kid or see a little kid jesus christmas uh, bersinger initially thought she had found a discarded store mannequin when she realized it was a corpse she rushed to a nearby house and telephoned the police now, this was back in the day when you didn't have you, you didn't have a cell phone where you can just pull it out and boop, 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 Siri, call the cops. No, you had to go find, you had to go find a line line and a, a, a landline. And I'm pretty sure it was one of those rotary phones where you're like, so it, it, it took a while to get the call the cops, especially if you messed up and you didn't hit the number right. <laughs> Short, severely mutilated body was completely severed at the waist and drained of blood, leaving her skin a pallid white medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to the discovery leaving her time of death either sometime during the evening of january 14th or the early morning hours of january 15th so they drained her blood now this is back back when this first came out now i remember reading certain articles about this here and there over the over the past years of my life and I remember the the drama or the scare or the worry that they were actually real life vampires or werewolves that were roaming around in Los Angeles because what kind of creature or well, actually not even creature but what kind of human being would be able to sever someone at the waist and leave their bodies leave the two pieces just just thrown out on onto the street another thing that people were worried about is that if there was no blood staining the concrete I mean I'm sure there was some blood here and there but if there was no huge, massive piles of blood laying on the on the concrete, then a vampire obviously had to <laughs> had to 
And I'm laughing because me just saying what I actually read in theory out loud just is, is the most absurd, ridiculous thing that I've ever <laughs> that I that I'm that I'm trying to say without laughing. Okay, try it again. Game face on. A lot of the residents around around Los Angeles during that time figured that no human being would have the heart or the morals to do that to an individual. So it obviously had to be vampires since the body was drained of blood. And another theory or another theory and or another theory, I should say, was that a, a werewolf was able to slash uh, the, the black dolly or, or shorts body in half like that. I mean, no other, no, like I said, no other individual or no other creature would be able to, to, to do that type of damage. A quick, just a quick random side conversation. What, what's so funny is that there's a, a radio show host that uh, his name is, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know who he is. His name is uh, uh, Alex Jones. He's a huge conspiracy. He calls himself a patriot. He calls himself whatever. But one of his go-to, one, one of his go-to conspiracies is that uh, the Democrats, like Hillary Clinton and all of Hollywood, are legitimate satanic are legitimate satanic vampires who suck the blood out of young on oh, their pedophiles and that they suck the young the, the blood out of young children out of children and to, to and they they do it to keep themselves alive yeah this this was an actually an actual saying and a quote from him that he says that Hollywood is full of satanic pedophile pedophilic vampires that kidnap and torture kids and suck them from suck them dry from their youth now i'm not talking about sexually suck them dry i'm talking about i'm talking about legitimately they 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 suck the life their blood and every part of their their young being so the so the hollywood vampires can stay young that that's an actual conspiracy theory that alex jones has okay back back i'm sorry i took a little detour because just talking about the vampires it, it alex jones shit popped in my head <laughs> Uh, the body had apparently been washed by the killer. Short's face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to, to her ears, creating an effect known as the Glasgow smile. She had several cuts on her thighs and breasts where entire portions of flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was positioned a foot away from the upper and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. The corpse had been posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles and her legs spread apart. So whoever this sick individual was, he really did a goddamn, or I don't even know, I don't know if it was a him or if it was a she, we don't know. We just, the group or how many people actually did it, but whoever the killer was washed their body. So they they completely washed the the body free of any kind of uh, stains and residue and whatever, uh, whatever that could be left over. And uh, her, her short face was slashed from the corners of her mouth. So giving her almost a joker smile. Not so much exactly like a Joker smile, but something similar. I mean, it was it was slashed from from her from mouth to ears, so there was just a big cut all the way. So someone really, really, really hated hated this lady. I mean, they they couldn't stand the sight of her, and when they had a chance to get rid of her, they they did in the most brutal, crazy fashion. This is one of the reasons why why the Black Dahlia case is so interesting and so popular is that the brutality in the way she was murdered and left just no one. No one can make sense of why it happened and, and what did she do that was so bad where someone was able, well, someone would leave her and, and, and mutilate her body this way. And then, uh, let me see, she had several cuts on her thighs and breasts with entire portions of flesh 
just been sliced away. So they they just remove slabs of flesh from her. And just just to, I, I see what what my what my hope is, and I don't know if my hope is very is very high right now. I, I don't think I have a large large room for hope, but I just hope that everything that was done to her face to her thighs and her body where the where the where the the flesh and stuff were were cut away i just hope that she was dead i hope that it happened post death before instead of pre death you know what i mean one of the things that really caught my 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 interest and made me scratch my head were when when the reports say that her intestines had been tucked neatly between beneath her butt why i mean they just didn't want spilled out or were they a neat freak or or what was the what was the reasoning behind that? That's just weird. It, it's just one of those small details where what, what's the point? I mean, you mutilated her already. So why would you worry about how her intestines were? Just let just leave them uh, thrown a spill or, you know, sprawled about on next to her body. It just, it's just one of those things. Just, it's kind of, it just struck me as odd that, that her intestines were tucked neatly in, uh, underneath her butt. It's weird. I mean, what do you think about it? What do you think was the, was the purpose for them in tucking the intestines under her butt? Let me know. Graveyardgrumbler at mail.com or Graveyardgrumbler podcast on Instagram. Hit me up there and let me know. Or Graveyardgrumbler on the Podbean. Uh, just leave me a message. What do you think why her her intestines were tucked under her her butt so neatly? It just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Upon the discovery, a crowd of both passerby and reporters began to gather. Los Angeles Herald Express reporter Aggie Underwood was among, among the first to arrive at the scene and took several photos of the corpse and crime scene. Near the body, detectives loaded, located a heel print on the ground amid the tire tracks and a cement sack containing watery blood was also found nearby. So we have some clues. You know, it, it, it's, it's hard for me to, to try to understand and it's hard for me to to swallow that with with so many clues that that are left behind on certain cold cases that that some cases are never solved it's just hard for me to understand that something like that wouldn't be solved so i hate i really hate to be a conspiracy theorist and i really hate to think that corruption would be so high but it, it, it's almost that a lot of times law enforcement are involved in these in these crazy attacks, and it just uh, see. And, and I and I don't want to point fingers because I know not law enforcement, not all of law enforcement is corrupt. You're always going to have a few bad apples, in no, regardless of the job you have. Even the job you have now, you have a few bad apples, and it it doesn't it doesn't stray away from from law enforcement either you have bad apples that are willing to do whatever they want and get away with it if they if you have the means the know-how you're going to get away with it it just doesn't make any sense it's pretty, it's pretty crazy an autopsy of short's body was performed on january 16th 1947 by frederick newbar the los angeles county coroner newbar's autopsy report stated that short was five foot five inches or 1.65 meters tall Weighed 115 pounds, again, for all of you European and everyone outside of America, 52, 52 kilograms, and had light blue eyes, brown hair, and badly decayed teeth. You need to watch your grill. There were ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Newbar also noted a superficial lacerations. Also noted superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and the lower side of the chest. 
The body had been cut completely in half by a technique by a technique taught in the 1930s called a hemicorporectomy. The lower half of the body had been removed by transecting the lumbar spine. Who was teaching this technique in the 1930s? Number one, why in the hell would you would you teach a technique where you're removing the whole part, a second part of the body? I mean, would you just sign up? Was it like a CPR cl- a course where you just sign up, pay a fee, and then you just go learn how to cut someone in half? <laughs> or was this just done by medical professionals? I mean, it just didn't specify. When I read that, I actually read that over three or four times when I was doing the, the research. I was trying to figure out, I was like, yo, was it just taught regularly? Like, hey, let's all gather here at the, at the, at the county council house, the townhome. Today, hey, Becky, hey, Becky, today you're, you're going to be hosting. It's not, not a, no, 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 not a Tupperware party. You're going to be hosting a hemicorporectomy party. That's what we're going to do. We're all going to learn how to cut someone in half. So make sure you have lots of sandwiches, okay? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> what? Who just teaches that shit? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, oh, and for any of you who heard that part were, not, not heard it, but let me repeat it. A bad and badly decayed teeth. Yo, take care of your mouth. If that's one thing, one pain you can't tough out, is 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 mouth pain when your teeth start hurting your whole head eyes ears face start you can't do anything it just it just sucks god damn so the lower half of her body had been removed by transecting the lumbar spine between the second and third vertebra vertebrae thus severing the intestine and the duodenum Dubar's report noted very little bruising along the incision line suggesting it had been performed after death well that's good at least she was dead after they cut her in half. That's that's always that's always a good deal. I would hate for someone to go through something like that while they're still alive. You know, actually, I would hate for anybody to get the shit beat out of them, period, while they're still alive. If you're going to beat the shit out of me, kill me first and then beat the shit out of me. I don't want to feel any more pain than I'm already going to feel. <laughs> and that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe someone's different, you know. I, the way that whenever I say get the shit beat out of, for anyone who's watched the movie Casino, and if you have not watched the movie Casino and you're interested in action, drama, mobster movies, Casino has to be one of the best movies ever made. It has Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in it, two of the, I mean, the phenomenal actors in those movies. But at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, his, uh, his crew turns on him and, and on, on uh, Joe Pesci, which his name is Nicky Santoro. They turn on him and just beat the shit out of him for like 20 minutes with metal bats. Just, I mean, I absolutely beat the shit out of him. See, if I'm getting my ass beat that way, just kill me. Kill me first and then beat me. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to feel any of that pain before I die. Absolutely not. Another gaping laceration measuring 4.25 inches or 108 millimeters in length ran longitudinally from the umbilicus to the sub suprapubic region. The lacerations on each side of the face, which extended from the corners of the lips, were measured at 3 inches or 76 millimeters on the right side of the face and 2.5 inches or 64 millimeters on the left. The skull was not fractured, the skull was not fractured, but there was bruising noted on the front and right side of her scalp with a small amount of bleeding in the subarachnoid space on the right side, consistent with blows to the head. This this woman, this woman got the shit beat out of her, cut in half. And you can't solve the you can't solve a murder 
or this woman was beat in this fashion, brutally murdered, brutally, brutally murdered. So I'm pretty sure she was still alive when she got, when everything happened to her that way. And you can't solve this. It's been since the 1940s, 50s, that this shit hasn't been solved. Come on. The cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from blows to the head and face. Newbar noted that Short's anal canal was dilated at 1.7 inches, 44 millimeters, suggesting that she may have been she may have been raped. Sample was, samples were taken from her body, testing for the presence of sperm, but the result came back negative. Just because there's no sperm inside of your body does not mean that you weren't raped. You could have been sodomized, or she could have been sodomized with an object, and that's way even more fucked up for for the individual to sodomize someone with an object it had to be a pretty big object if it was dilated at 1.75 inches that that's that's a that's a big that, that's a that's a large dilation there so the cause of death would was determined by to be by hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from blows to the head so they she died from from bleeding after being cut in the face and then oh, well she died with uh, for, with the combination of being cut in the face and getting and getting her head bashed in by someone or multiple someone's it just to me it doesn't seem like this attack would be solo i think this attack would be with with multiple people in order to take out such a brutal uh, uh, and so to be ta- be done in such a brutal fashion that's just my that's just, i mean again i turned in my my sherlock holmes cosplay on the last episode because i tried to make an assumption and well i was way out of that so i'm not going to try to assume anything anymore this is just my opinion see the difference <laughs> there's no difference <laughs> short was identified after her fingerprints were sent to the fbi via sound photo a device which transmitted images by telephone and was normally used for news photographs short's fingerprints were on the file from her 1943 arrest immediately following short's identifications reporters from william randolph's hearst los angeles examiner contacted her mother phoebe short in boston and told her that her daughter had won a beauty contest Hold up. Wait one goddamn minute. Are you do who who is this guy? William what's his what's this guy's name? Immediately following Short's identif- identification, reporters from William Randolph Hearst, Los Angeles Examiner, contacted her mother, Phoebe Short, in Boston and told her that her daughter had won a beauty contest. You know what? That is the lowest of the low. That is one of the worst piece of shit, goddamn people, it, it, everything that can actually happen. Are you serious right now? Who, what kind of moral, what kind of dirtbag is going to call someone's mother and tell them and then completely lie saying that your daughter had won the uh, a beauty contest knowing goddamn well that, that the daughter is laid out in a vacant street split in half with her guts tucked under her ass cheeks? You're going to sit there and be a goddamn, oh, I wish, oh my gosh, who is this, who are these, too bad they're not alive anymore. Oh my God. You know, I don't, oh, see, I'm so, I'm so pissed. I can't even, (laughs) I can't even, I can't even speak clearly right now. The media are such scumbags. Oh my gosh. The media are some of the worst people that can ever be brought into this life. Now, I'm not saying everyone, again, there's bad apples in everyone, but it just seems like the bad apples in the media are a lot more prevalent than the good apples in the media. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, can, can you sit there and look at yourself in the mirror 
and and tell yourself and, and say to yourself, oh yeah, I would have done the same thing just so I can get information. I would have told this mother who is completely clueless that her daughter split in half and was brutally beat and raped. Oh, she just won a beauty contest. Can you sit there and honestly look at yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I would have done the same thing. If you can, damn, you're a special kind of fucked up because I'm a cold-hearted individual, but they're not not even I would never stoop that low just to get a, a story done. That, man, God damn, that is tore up. That is that is one of the worst things that I've read. Aside from, I mean, this is just this is aside from how brutally uh, what brutal fashion Short was murdered in. She was split in two for Christ's sakes, and I still think that a report reporters calling her mom. And telling the mom that she won a beauty contest, knowing damn well that she was beaten, raped, and cut in two, is way worse than her actual murder. Oh, fuck those guys. Jesus Christmas trees. It was only after prying as much personal information as they could from Phoebe that the reporters revealed that her daughter had in fact been murdered. You are dirtbag assholes. Dirtbag assholes. It was only after prying as much personal personal information as they could from Phoebe that the reporters revealed that her daughter had been, in fact, murdered. What kind of non-ethical asshole jackasses are you? Oh, my. The newspaper offered to pay her airfare and accommodations if she would travel to Los Angeles to help with the police investigation. That was yet another ploy since the newspaper kept her away from police and other reporters to protect its scoop. You guys are, this is the lowest, lowest of the low. See, this is why, this is one of the reasons why the media have, reporters have such bad, has such bad reputation because you're going to do something this, this horrible, this jacked up, and you're still going to expect, you're going to want the public and everyone else to respect you guys? Absolutely not. That is, First, you're going to lie to him, and then you're going to fly her out to help with an investigation, but you're not going to let her help with the investigation. Instead, you're going to keep her away just so you can get firsthand breaking news. Man, look at that. Fuck you guys. Every, every one of you people in the media that were, that were around back in the day, screw you guys. Jesus Christmas. The Examiner and, other, and another Hearst newspaper, the Los Angeles Herald Express, later sensationalized the case with one article from the examiner describing the black tailored suit short was last seen wearing as a tight skirt and a sheer blouse. The media nicknamed her as the Black Dahlia and described her as an adventurer who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Additional newspaper reports, such as one published in the Los Angeles Times on January 17th, deemed the murder a sex fiend slanged. People will just make anything up so their so their job and their rep can get boosted. Let's go ahead and make up a bunch of shit about this young woman, just so our paper can get more more views and more clicks and more everything. And then for it to be deemed a sex fiend slaying, you don't even know what the slaying was for, jackasses. <sighs> okay, I, I have a confession. When I first started doing this episode, I, or when I started doing this research last night, I didn't think that I'd get as worked up as I am now because I didn't read fully. I just started getting the highlights of the of the stuff, dropping it down in, in in my in my notes, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a little pretty cool, interesting case. I didn't realize that I was going to get so pissed off over the dumb shit that that's been happening that that we've been reading about. I mean, come on now, you're going to lie to the parents to the parents saying that your daughter won a beauty contest when she's dead. And then you're going to keep her from helping. And then on top of that, you're going to smear this woman's name and you have no idea who the woman is. And you're going to smear her name that she was a, a, a prowl. 
She was an adventurous prowling Hollywood Boulevard. God, they eat dicks, you guys. You guys are jackasses. So what did the investigation reveal? Obviously, with something so brutal, investigation is going to happen. What, what, what did they find? I mean, they had to find something, right? They had to have some kind of lead, some kind of something to get into trying to solve this case, right? Right, of course. I mean, that's what law enforcement does. <laughs> On January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson the editor of the examiner congratulating Richardson on the newspaper coverage of the case and stated he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing police to, to pursue him further. Additionally, the caller told Richardson to expect quote, some souvenirs of Beth short in the mail end quote. So this motherfucker is already, this dude's already talking about that. He, he has information. He's the one who did it. He is the one but he wants to play cat and mouse a little bit more to keep the thrill alive. I don't know. I don't think he did it. It doesn't make any sense. On January 24th, a suspicious, a suspicious manila envelope was discovered by a U.S. Postal Service worker. The envelope had been addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and Los Angeles Papers with individual words that had been cut and pasted, pasted from newspaper clippings. Additionally, a large message on the face of the envelope read, quote, here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow, end quote. The envelope contained Short's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on, embossed on the cover. All right, so maybe I was wrong. Maybe this guy was actually the killer. And he's sending shit away. Or he's sending shit in their, their, their way to... It's kind of like, oh my gosh, hold the phone. Okay, Give me one. Hold on. I'm going to grab my, my Sherlock Holmes cosplay outfit because I think I just figured something out. What if the Zodiac killer from last week's episode read about all the shit and followed all the information that was going on and then mirrored his way of killing and sending information to, to the newspaper time, to the newspaper. I mean, this guy didn't send anything. The, the guy who killed or who allegedly killed the Black Dahlia, or what's her name, Beth Short? I think that's her name. Something short, right? Yeah. So uh, the guy who killed Beth Short, he sent information to the, to the newspapers as well. And that's what, exactly what the Zodiac Killer did. So what if the Zodiac Killer was just copying, copycatting what this guy was doing, but taking it to the extreme level? Oh my gosh, is the Zodiac Killer a copycat? He's not the original. He is not the original because this guy didn't write anything by hand either. He, uh, well, Zodiac Killer did shit by hand, but he did a bunch of symbols. But this guy cut out clippings to make letters and, and other stuff to, to send the letter out or to, to, yeah, to send the letters out to the newspaper. But the Zodiac Killer almost did the same thing. Oh my gosh, the Zodiac Killer's a copycat. He's not original. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I had, the best I had. The packet had been carefully cleaned with gasoline, similarly to similar similarly to Short's body, which led police to suspect the packet had been sent directly by her killer. Despite the efforts to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope and sent to the Federal Bureau, Bureau of Investigation for testing. However, the prints were compromised in transit and thus could not be properly analyzed. Do you see what I mean about corruption with law enforcement? Depending on on who actually did it, if law enforcement transported the information, 
why why would they be compromised right i mean you have one of the biggest most brutal killings during that time and you're going to have some regular joe schmo take it no absolutely not you're going to protect the evidence and you're going to send it yourself so if law enforcement was the one who deal with it then how was it compromised i mean what were they just eating donuts and drinking coffee and all of a sudden they got that shit all over the fingerprints it stuff like that just doesn't make sense my hamsters are sitting right now at the table where they put their coffee down and now they're looking at each other scratching their head saying yo if if you're the fbi aren't you gonna if you're if you're law enforcement you're sending it to the fbi wouldn't you want to take as much good care as possible with that evidence why would you why would you leave it out to get fucked up it just doesn't that that stuff doesn't make sense to me which brings me back to my earlier statement i know corruption exists but why would corruption exist so heavily in law enforcement unless i mean this is just a shot in the dark. What if law enforcement is involved with this brutal, ki- brutal killing of, of Beth Short? What if? I mean, we, have, we, have, we, we don't know who the subjects are. We, we haven't found out who it is yet. The same day the packet was received by the examiner, a, hang, a handbag and a black suede shoe were reported to have been seen on top of a garbage can in an alley a short distance from Norton Avenue, two miles from where Short's body had been discovered. The items were recovered by police, but they had also been wiped clean with gasoline, destroying any fingerprints. Damn. On March 14th, an apparent suicide note scrawled in pencil on a bit of paper was found tucked in a shoe in a pile of men's clothing by the ocean's edge at the foot of Breeze Avenue. The note read, quote, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. End quote. The pile of clothing was first seen by a beach caretaker who reported discovery to John Dillon, lifeguard captain. Dillon immediately notified Captain L.E. Christensen of West Los Angeles Police Station. The clothes included a coat and trousers of blue herringbone tweed, a brown and white Y-shirt with jockey shorts, tan socks, and tan moccasin leisure shoes. Size about eight. The clothes had gave no clue about the identity of their owner. So this random dude admitted to the... I wonder if that's true. I wonder if this guy who killed himself was actually the guy who killed the Black Dahlia or killed Beth Short. It, it, I mean, it, it, if, that, if that was, then why not close the case? but they can't figure it out because the cops are fucking things up in, in this investigation as well. It just, I don't, it, this is, see, this is a weird one. I, I can't, I can't put my, my, my head on it, my head. I can't put my finger on it to figure out what is, but then again, I was never good at puzzles either. So I, I doubt if I'm going to figure this one out either. So maybe my, my listeners, all you listeners out there listening to the show, graveyard grumbler, a podcast, <laughs> graveyard grumbler at mail.com. Or Graveyard Grumbler podcast at, uh, on Instagram, or Graveyard Grumbler podcast on on the Podbean. Do you think this guy who killed himself, who committed suicide, was actually a killer, or do you think it was just some some guy who maybe took advantage of her as she was laying on the street, or prior to, to her being murdered? Huh. Either way, he might have he might have some sort of involvement in the in the in the murder. That's what I'm thinking. Police quickly, police quickly deemed Mark Hansen, the owner of the address book found in the packet, a suspect. Hansen was a wealthy local nightclub and theater owner and an acquaintance of those whom Short had stayed with friends. And according to some sources, 
He also confirmed that the person's shoe discovered in the alley were, in fact, shorts. Well, that's good. And now this Mark Hansen's a suspect. Pin him to the wall. Ann Toth, Short's friend and roommate, told investigators that Short had recently rejected sexual advances from Hansen and suggested it as potential cause for him to kill her. However, he was cleared of suspicion in the case. In addition to Hansen, the Los Angeles Police Department interviewed over 150 men in the ensuing weeks whom they believed to be the potential suspects. So the nightclub owner, Mr. Hansen, was so, yo, you're clean, but was he really clean? You know what I mean? If if someone was saying that, well, all she said was that that uh, Short rejected sexual advances. He didn't say that she was abused and he he threatened her or anything like that. So, you know, maybe he was telling the truth. But 150 men. Now, let me clear something out. It never states anywhere in any report that she had slept with 150 men. These were all just people he knew that she knew and met throughout her courses of work and, and common friends of friends and friends and friends. And I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, were trying to hook up with Beth. Maybe she was just hottie except for her rotted out teeth. Maybe she was this banging hottie that everyone wanted to get with, but nobody could. And she's like, eh, nope, you're just a scrub. I don't, I don't date scrubs. And so over 150 men wanted her. And any one of those 150 men could have actually killed her. If not, maybe all of them had, had something to do with it. Manley, who had been one of the last people to see Short alive, was also investigated, but was cleared of suspicion after passing numerous polygraph examinations. Now, hold on. Let me just say this one thing about polygraphs. Polygraphs aren't as sure and, 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 and accurate as you think they are. The only thing polygraphs do is test your heart rate and, and, uh, and your, your anxiety, not your anxiety level, but it, it checks your heart rate and your blood pressure. So what that means is that in theory, when you are telling a lie, you start to get nervous because you know that you're lying and people are going to find out the truth and you don't want them to find, to find out the truth. So you start getting nervous and, and, and anxious and you start getting stressed, the body. The body changes when you stress. Your, your heart rate will go up, your, your blood pressure, everything, your, your breathing will go up. Everything goes up, and that's what the polygraph does. It tests the different levels from how you first started out the questionnaire, and when, when they start asking the questions, the questions are pretty simple. The questions are plain. What is your name? Oh, Graveyard Grumbler. Now, that's a lie, although that, that, that's a nickname, but that is not my name. What is your name? Tino Romero. See, that's a lie. So right then and there, my, 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 my heart rate and stuff would have been going through the roof because they would have known that I wasn't telling the truth. So it's not something where they can determine what the lie is and what the lie isn't. So the polygraph, if someone is, is cool, calm, and controlled and is confident and is able to control their emotions, they can, they can escape a polygraph test. They can beat a polygraph test. It's not uncommon for people to, to fool and beat polygraph tests. It's not. It's actually really common. So it's not really an accurate way. It's just from, from what I read and from what I, uh, people who used to administer them were that it, all it is is scare tactic to trick you into telling the truth. That's all it is. Quote me. Change my mind. Police also interviewed several persons found listed in Hanson's address book, including Martin Lewis, who had been an acquaintance of Short's. Lewis was able to provide an alibi for the date of Short's murder as he was in Portland, Oregon, visiting his father-in-law who was dying of kidney failure. Man, that's a shitty way to die. A total of 700 investigators from LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial states, including 400 sheriff's deputies and 250 California State Patrol officers. Various locations were searched for potential evidence, including storm, drain, storm drains throughout Los Angeles, abandoned structures, and various sites along the Los Angeles River, but the searches yielded no further evidence. City Councilman Lloyd G. Davis posted a 10,000 
$1,000 reward equivalent to $115,902 in 2020. That's what it's compared to. Reward for information leading police to Short's killer. After the announcement of the reward, various persons came forward with confessions, most of which police dismissed as false. Several of false confessions. <laughs> Several of false confessors were charged with obstruction of justice. <laughs> Man, people, people were broke those days. They just wanted to get the money. Who cares if they had to go spend prison time? They're just trying to come up on some, on some, on some frog skins. <laughs> See, the, where my theory where, where, the, where cops were involved just further builds and grows in my brain a total of 700 investigators were involved but nobody can find anything it just it just doesn't seem right to me it just doesn't see there, there's something fishy that that seems like to me like maybe someone famous or someone well known to the police department or law enforcement were the ones that were involved and they were doing whatever they could to cover it up and they did a damn good job i mean it, it, it's my it's my question what if law enforcement, someone, someone higher up in law enforcement actually killed short in such a brutal way, you can't, you're not going to investigate who knows how to get away from the investigations. You know what I mean? It just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. By the spring of 1947, Short's murder had become a cold case with few new leads. Sergeant Finnis Brown, one of the lead detectives on the case, blamed the press for compromising the investigation through reporters' probing of details and unverified reporting. In September 1949, a grand jury con convened to discuss inadequacies in the LAPD's homicide unit based on their failure to solve numerous murders especially those of women and children in the past several years, short being one of them. See, I just said it right now. What happens if law, if, if law enforcement was the one involved with it? Now, in 1949, a grand jury was questioning the LAPD homicide unit based on their failure, on their failure to solve numerous murders that involved women and children. If it involved men, they were able to, they were able to, to solve the ones that involved men. But when it involved women... And children, all of a sudden, now all LAPD's homicide unit could not solve the crime. That that's that's why I'm talking about what 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 I mean. Just just we can what if the world to death, but what if law enforcement was the one that brutally murdered Beth Short? It just seems that way. It seems when when a grand jury has to investigate LAD's homicide unit and question them why they aren't doing their jobs, that starts to raise a little a little suspicion in here. You know what I mean? It's one of those to where. Why, why would they have a problem doing their job if they're not the ones who are, who are doing the murders? If so many unsolved mysteries are happening and majority of them and a large number are women and children, what does that make you think? Well, for me, it makes me think that they're raping and kidnapping kids. And I mean, it, it's just sex trade. That's what I'm thinking. I could be wrong. I could be really hugely wrong, but it's just that there's too much suspicion and, and questioning not to question that reason or that to question why they can't do their job. In the aftermath of the grand jury, further investigation was done on Short's past with detectives tracing her boombas between Massachusetts, California, and Florida, and also interviewed people who knew her in Texas and New Orleans. However, the interviews yielded no useful information in the murder. Hmm. I, I just think law enforcement is involved in this one. It's kind of hard to, to turn my face away. I just think that, that they did a great job covering everything up. 
that's just me. So how did she get the name Black Dolly? What we 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 touched a little bit of it, but we'll see what the reason is. I I never knew why she had the name Black Dolly. Black Dahlia. According to newspaper reports, shortly after the murder, she received the nickname Black Dahlia from staff and patrons at a Long Beach drugstore in mid 1946 as wordplay on the film The Blue Dahlia, which was out in 1946. Other popular circulated circulated rumors claim that the media crafted the name due to shorts adorning shorts adorning her hair with dahlias. According to the FBI official website, she received the first part of the nickname from the press for her rumored penchant for sheer black clothes. It doesn't matter. The fuck are you? Are you guys serious? However, reports by DA investigators state that the nickname was invented by newspaper reporters covering her murder. Herald Express reporter Bevo Means, who interviewed Short's acquaintances at the drugstore, has been credited with first using the Black Dahlia name, though reporters Underwood and Jack Smith have been alternatively named as its creators. The reason why it's such a big deal is that Whoever, whoever coined that is able to use that a, a, to make more money. They're able to monetize that name, the Black Dahlia. Now, when you can't solve a, a case, the case begins blown up, becomes legendary. It becomes a, a, a what is that word? A, God damn it, I can't think of the word. <laughs> it becomes an, a, an urban legend. It becomes a legend. It becomes a, this, this great prize or the great thing that people want to do. So you can flip it, you can turn it, and you can sell it. So people, they were fighting over the name so they can just do that. So they can coin the name, the Black Dahlia. Oh my gosh. So we're going to wrap this show up. Graveyard Grumbler's final wrap. The reason why I'm wrapping it up, because the more information it did, it was just going on and on and on about, about, ops, about obscure notes and other shit like that. So there's no point in reading stuff that we're just going to go right back in the loops for. So some of her acquaintances and several other Several authors and journalists describe Short as a prostitute or call girl during her time in Los Angeles. According to Harnish, the con contemporaneous grand jury proved that there was no existing evidence that she was ever a prostitute. Harnish claims that the rumor regarding Short's history as a prostitute originates from John Gregory Dune's 1977 novel, True Confessions, which is based in part on the crime. Why is it that all of a sudden when a woman wants to dies and nobody can figure out if she's not married, if she's single, she's automatically a prostitute. Or if she's die, if she gets killed and she's married, that automatically she was a slut and cheating on on whoever it is that that they supposedly. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make. But when a man is murdered, is because he's an asshole, not because he was a slut or he was a prostitute. No, absolutely not. That's the last thing that they that they uh, that they think of is that he was a prostitute. Double standards, man. Boy, I tell you. Another rumor that Short was a lesbian was <laughs> what the fuck does that matter? <laughs> Another rumor that Short was a lesbian has often circulated, according to Gilmore. This rumor began after Bevo Means of the Herald Express was told by the deputy coroner that Short, what quote, wasn't having sex with men due to her purportedly small genitalia. End quote. Means took this to mean that Short had sex with women and and both he and reporter Sid Hughes began fruitlessly investigating gay bars in Los Angeles. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. What does it matter if she's lesbian? It doesn't matter if she's a, she's a lesbian. What matters is that she's dead. It doesn't matter what her personal sex was. That that's the problem with people, man. The the the, the values, the the whole one. I'm not going to get into it because I'm just going to piss a lot of people off. But I'm just not going to get into it. 
the point is that it doesn't matter if she's a slut, it doesn't matter if she was a prostitute, it doesn't matter if she was a church girl, it doesn't matter if she was the president of a country. It doesn't matter. What matters is that she was brutally murdered and no one was able to solve it and that there was a something's being covered up. That that's the that's the that's the meat and potatoes about this whole thing. Is that she she was murdered and is covered up. So Graveyard Girl was trying to rap. I just read that little bit of information so I can have a, a little bit extra to talk about. But it, honestly, it seems to me that this murder was taking place and, and it was covered up. I think the law enforcement had a huge part in, in this murder. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to where, again, there was, there was fingerprints that were lifted, but they were botched during the, during the transportation to go get them taken to the FBI to get done. It just doesn't make any sense to me why somebody would be so careless with such important evidence on a brutal murder in the case of, of Beth Short. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it, and unfortunately, this case is, it hasn't been solved. It, it's still active. It's not even active. It's just it's one of those things to where nobody knows why and nobody will ever know why, except for the murder for the person who, who did it, the suspect, and they're probably dead right now anyway. Other than the cops, I'm sure the cops know who who did it, but they don't want to reveal it. Maybe it was one of their own. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, it. I don't want to point fingers at something that the fingers are already pointed to. If that makes any sense. But check out the movie The Black Dolly. The Black Dolly. I'm going to rewatch that movie now that I know a little bit more about the case, and I'll probably it'll probably make a lot more sense now than what it did when I first watched it. For, when I first watched it, I was bored out of my mind because I had no idea who this Black Dolly guy was. I thought it was some operatic dancer who was unemployed. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> Chris, Cat, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a crazy information gathering thing, but uh, hopefully you enjoy it. But uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Announcements. Yes, you're all going to be proud. The Patreon is up and running. I was supposed to release it next weekend, but I had a, a, a change of heart and I just wanted to to release an episode last night so i did i released something on the patreon go check it out it's a i only ha i only have one tier i don't have 15 tiers I, it's just one tier five dollars you get two stories a month i'm still working on the merchandise when the merchandise gets gets done you will all patreon members will have a permanent discount availability to them as long as you're a patreon member if you're a patreon member for five years you're gonna have five years worth of discounts every, on every single piece of merch that comes out i am i am looking i'm feverishly looking for somebody to to give me a good deal on some merch i'm coming out i'm my, my first thing is i'm going to come out with some shirts and and some coffee mugs that, that seems to be a high a good big request is co our coffee mugs so please go check out the patreon uh, you can cancel anytime uh, support your boy support support your boy <laughs> support the show i don't need i, I mean i i don't I, I appreciate everybody who 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 uh supports me i really do but this my regular podcast will go on no matter what I, i'm still going to make this episode it's my, my i'm not going to change i love podcasting podcasting what is, my, is one of my most favorite things to do in my entire life the stories the reason why i put the stories on a patreon is because i take a lot of time writing them these were all my own personal well, 98 percent of the writings are all my personal writings none of the stories that that well not not but there's there's like 98 percent of my stories are all me and for the longest time, I had I had the biggest fear and anxiety of releasing my work. So instead of releasing it to the public as far as reading, I'm going to tell them in my words. That way I can read it the way it's, it's, it's supposed to be read. So 
again, hopefully you enjoy the Patreon. Please, if there's any changes that, that I can do or to make it better, other than putting merch on there, <laughs> let me know. I appreciate everyone. And thank you very, very much. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Graveyard Grumbler Graveyard Podcast. Grumbler.